Good afternoon, good rainy, wet afternoon. Kamusta mo kayo dyan? So we were joined today by Secretary Ronald Liamas, a long-time friend, uh, a long-time uh, lodi no? as a progressive movement in the Philippines. And of course, of course, the political advisor of former late President Benigno Aquino III. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us. Good afternoon, uh, Richard. Long time no see. I know, like uh, <laughs> 28 hours. <laughs> and then I'll see you again in two hours in verse. All right. Ronald, I think uh, the the uh, the cosmic forces are bringing us together, right? I think there's a reason why we keep on bumping into each other because I think that's a... Uh, that reflects also the intellectual waves that is you know that is converging us. So I, I see major mystical sahen yung nangyari dito. No, I really wanted to talk to you, Ronald. We have had the opportunity of joining uh, each other in different panels. We had the uh, pleasure of interviewing you. Of uh, it's a real talk, a different platform I have. But today I want to talk to you as a as a progressive, you know, not only as an analyst, because you have many hats, of course, you know. But I want to talk to you first as a progressive, and then from there, let's look at how a progressive analysis looks at the Philippine political landscape and the future. Um, of course, I want to talk more about President Aquino, your understanding of him, because katulad ng pinag-usapan natin, wala pa tayong matinong biography, I think, of any of our contemporary presidents yet. Although I did a biography of Duterte early on, <laughs> but I think we have to do a proper one. Uh, but but on Aquino, he was, I think, one of the most consequential leaders in Philippine history. You cannot explain Duterte without Aquino, right? Uh, you cannot explain where the Philippine today is without Aquino, whether good or bad, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, obviously, our understanding is more on the good side than the bad side. But before going to uh, President Aquino and the Philippine opposition and Lenny and Risa and all of the uh, folks there, Let's talk about you, Ronald, because, you know, today you are, you know, one of the most celebrated analysts in the country. I see <laughs> in posh, you know, posh diplomatic events, you know. Exactly, you know, like, you know, <laughs> caviar, but before becoming a caviar socialist, you know, and then, you know, going to, to Europe and meeting the NATO Secretary General and all of those things. So, Ronald, you, you, you had your beginnings really... Doon, on the ground, as on the ground as it can get. Can you tell me, Ronald, what made you the progressive, radical, and 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 in a good way, no? And and the brave, courageous person, at least in your younger years. We can talk about today now. <laughs> How did the business start? How ka maging, maging activist, at least in during your era? Well, I started uh, in the University of Santa Tomas, no, basically by accident, no. Uh, uh, I was walking in the corridors ng College 7. I saw a sign uh, for uh, examinations uh, para dun sa aming uh, college paper, The Flame. Uh, I tried it, pumasa, and uh, there was no turning back. No? Uh, because uh, as a campus journalist, you have to research a lot of things. And then while researching, you discover a lot of uh, things na hindi mo alam before, no? coming from a middle-class family whose parents are all working in government, defense department, National Police Commission. So when you started being a part of the campus uh, journalism uh, uh, community, then dahan-dahan eh, slowly, I na-inculcate mo yung problems hindi lamang ng university, of your sector, the students, kung hindi yung buong bansa. 
and uh, uh, sabi ang tawag ko nga sa aking uh, unang column when I was uh, uh, 17, raising hell. The job of campus journalist is to print the truth and raise hell. So that was how I started. And then eventually, we formed the first student council in the university belt. That was Marshall Law, 1979-1980. Uh, nagulat kami, walang student council. No? And uh, nagtayo kami, nakalaban namin yung administration, nakalaban namin yung gobyerno, but we were able to clinch it. We formed the first student council in the university belt and in the biggest school at that time. We were 60,000 students eh, sa UST noon. Yeah. And then, uh, eventually, uh, yung logical flow niyan from the student council, nagkaroon kayo ng immersion program. Pumupunta kayo sa mga squatters, sa mga workers, sa mga peasants. No? Ino-organize mo yung mga kasama sa student council to be exposed to the bigger world beyond the, the ivory tower of the university. And then you realize na uh, ang dami palang problema ng bansa. That was uh, the first time I realized na meron palang squatters. That was the first time Ganun I realized insulated. na meron pala mga welga. You know? That's how insulated you were as a petty bourgeois. Yes. Ah, Especially my my parents, my uncles, my aunties are all working in government. So they were insulated. Ka, no? the right, right. So uh, and uh, at the start, you are uh, parang, wala, parang romantic na you're going to save the, the poor, you're going to, to save the oppressed. No, and then uh, uh, very after, after, yeah. after one or two years uh, living with them, fighting with them, you realize na hindi mo pala magagawa yun. You cannot save them. You have to be with them for them to discover how to save themselves. And then that's when you started to become more of a revolutionary. No, at the start you were an activist na na gusto mong sagipin lahat. Yeah, messianic <laughs> complex. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. No, especially dahil bata ka, no. Pero later on, after one or two years, na realize mo na you have to do that, to do this with them, no. So yung first part ng aking activism was as, as an organizer, no, as a student leader, no. At basically, dahil panahon ng martial yan, ang iyong uh, narrative, ang iyong uh, linggo is exposed and opposed. No? How do you uh, uh, expose the problems of your sector, of your society, no? uh, of your generation? No? And then uh, eventually, how do you mobilize, organize, mobilize these people para lumaya, no? especially during the dictatorship? So nagpatuloy yan after, even after graduation. No? Uh, uh, pumunta ka sa workers' college para tumulong mag-organize ng mga workers. Nagtayo ka ng NGO mas sa peasant to organize peasants in Baler, in Aurora, in Quezon, no? uh, fisher folks in uh, Cavite, etc. So you build different uh, uh, NGOs and organizations. And then later, you broaden your network into coalitions. Yan yung uh, golden years ng coalition work. Eh. Nabuuin niya kasama ka. I, I think I was the youngest then. Yung Labor Advisory Consultative Council. This was the biggest labor coalition. No? Since uh, 
noong 1950s no? nung dinurog yung labor movement ng gobyerno no uh, LACC nandito yung giants ng labor movement no Democrito Mendoza, Johnny Tan ng FFW, Tupas no uh, uh, Bert, uh, uh, sila Olalia no uh, nandiyan lahat yung mga I was the youngest so study ay ako noon and then you form CIPAR Congress for a People's Agrarian Reform This was the broadest coalition of farmers then. And then you, you formed a Human Rights Civil Liberties Group, NMCL, National Movement for Civil Liberties. Ang, uh, ang leader niyan, si Renato Constantino Sr. No? So lahat din ang political, ideological groupings nagsama-sama dyan. And then you formed the Freedom from Death Coalition na mas economic ang focus. Lahat din magkakasama. For several years, Nagkasabay-sabay ito, the broadest coalitions. Ito yung medyo transition. When you are no longer just exposing and opposing the structural problems of society, nagsisimula ka nang pumasok unti-unti sa mga proposals. So you, are, you are not only exposing uh, problems, you are proposing solutions. Sa FDCs, LACC, sa CIPAR, sa uh, NMCL. So, so yun yung transition. So movement to, to essentially policy making, public policy. Yes, uh, especially all of these coalitions happened post-EDSA uh, uprising, 87 up, hanggang siguro 89, 90. No? Nagpatuloy sila. Until eventually, most of them fizzled out except the Freedom from Death Coalition and the Congress for People's Agrarian Reform. Yung LACC, unang nawala. And then yung NMCL, nawala. Pero, uh, For three years, nagkasabay-sabayan. Hindi na naulit yan. Ha? Hindi na naulit kahit hanggang sa kasalukuyan. That broad coalition of all ideological, political persuasions no? uh, into at least four broad coalitions. Pero ang mahalaga dyan, sabi ko nga uh, Richard, nagsimula ng, uh, hindi naman umalis, pero nang, nagsimula ka ng uh, mag-scale up beyond the uh, Uh, exposing the problems of society into proposing uh, indicative solutions. Not a full-blown solution, pero nagkaroon ka na ng indicative solutions sa debt, sa human rights, no, sa agrarian reform. Yun yung, uh, yun yung nangyari. So, parang, uh, so yun yung first, yeah. first, first part ng aking activist life. No? Yung okay. first part. No? Yung, yung sumunod, uh, Uh, sa NGO movement. Wait lang, Ronald. Can, we, can we stay yeah. sa first? Because uh, yeah. I, I already yeah. see that there's a lot to discuss. Right? Thank, thank you so much yeah. for, for really giving us that overview because for me, I want to understand where people come from. Where's the passion coming from, etc. And then yeah. and I'm glad I'm having this opportunity to talk to you about this. Going back to this, yung origins ng activism and your social activism and consciousness. Um, Were you also inspired by, let's say, Isabella de los Reyes at the dawn of the century, those kinds of figures? Were you inspired by, well, USD, no? Kuya ni Rizal, di ba? USD, yeah. I mean, di ba? Gomborza, 1870s, etc. So almost exactly a century before you started, there were student movements, uh, the pioneers. Of course. So were they giving yeah. you the sense of historical mission? or Yes, or yes, yes. Nagahanap ka ng roots, eh. No? So pinag-aralan mo sila Isabella de los Reyes, 
binalikan mo yung uh, even the when the Philippine Revolution na uh, against Spain no binalikan mo yan uh, pinag-aralan mo how they organize people then yung uh, religiosity ng mga Pinoy at the same time yung kanilang struggle for national liberation nagkaroon ng pan eh ng link di ba uh, one example eh, yung libro ni Ileto Passion and Revolution no so lalo na kami hindi kami nagsimula sa sa European uh, leftist tradition ng uh, Marxism, Leninism, no, cetera. We started with uh, uh, with liberation theology, no. Do kami nagsimula. So nagahanap kami ng roots sa ating kasaysayan para ma-inspire ma kami, no, as well as get lessons from the past, no. Yen yung uh, Tapos naghanap din kami ng lessons outside. Ano yung mga successful revolutions? Ano yung mga nag-fail na, na revolutions? Ano yung lessons na pwede namin kunin dyan? So, uh, yan yung... Pero isa rin aming uh, layunin is to present an alternative to the dominant communist movement at the time. No? Dahil ang tingin namin ay marami kaming hindi sasangayunan sa kanila. So, we have to create our own ideological uh moorings yeah. as well as our own narrative no? so it was also very clear na magbubuo kami ng bago na hindi katulad ng strongest more dominant movement at that time no? so yun yung isang dahilan kung bakit uh, nabuo yung aming uh, ideological yeah. uh, perspective no? uh, ronald what but do you think Perhaps that was really the decisive factor. Kaya kayo nagkaroon ng mga coalitions, cross-cutting movements dahil you're squeezing between you know, the, the usual suspects and also the communist rebellion. And then this is Cold War pa rin. No? Hindi pa rin tapos ang Cold War. It doesn't end until 1991. Diba? Do you think that was really the push factor that brought all of you groups together? Kasi notoriously factionalist ang mga Pinoy. Diba? I mean, the joke is you put two Pinoy's yeah. together, you get three organizations, right? So... I just want to understand because you were talking about the golden era of coalition building and my, I mean, it's great, but my point is, bakit hindi siya replicate Is it because it well, was a yeah. phenomenon or hindi lang na follow through? What's going on there? Well, do sa mga coalitions na binanggit ko sa'yo, Richard, sabi ko nga, kasama lahat yan. Pero isang mahalagang variable dyan, bakit sumama yung, uh, yung dominant communist movement or at least their legal and front organizations ay dahil humbled sila nung nangyari sa EDSA. No? Uh, they boycotted, boycotted the snap elections. Nung sumama sila sa EDSA, na-surprise sila dun sa uh, underpinnings ng revolt. No? Hindi ito yung inaasahan nila, hindi ito yung nila. So they were a bit humbled. So they were, they became open to joining other forces as co-equals. Eventually, it didn't last. Pero at least for several years, yung humility nila help create this broad coalitions. So, hindi lang dahil kami ay iba ang pinanggalingan, uh, uh, we value our role as fulcrum, as a balancing uh, 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 level in all the coalitions, but also because the dominant uh, uh, traditionally sectarian and dogmatic uh, communist movement was humbled. So, may, na, na-apektuhan din sila nung EDSA. No, na, oh, 
Bak, paano nangyari ito? Bakit wala sa ating formula ito? No, bakit wala sa ating analysis ito? How did it, this happen? That's why they opened themselves to these coalitions. No? Na baka wala at this point. Was it tactical? Baka tactical lang yun. Do you think it was genuine? Yeah, uh, it could be. Tactical lang it, could, it could be, but for some of them, uh, it was it was uh, more, uh, more uh, strategic. That's why... Some of them eventually left the movement, formed their own organizations, or ito yung naging crucial sa split ng communist movement noong 1991. No? Nung yung mga bagong ideas na hindi na maabsorb ng movement nila, no? uh, some left or some formed their own groups. Yun yung kwa. Yun yung nangyari. Secretary Yamas, I mean, I had uh, we have had uh, Teddy Casino with us, Robin Carranza, Walden Belly. This is the question I always ask, and I'm going to ask also uh, Professor Munsut uh, soon. Uh, we're going to also interview her. Um, what went wrong during the ETSA years? Because 1986 to 1987, 88, I mean, this was really a golden window for some sort of a revolutionary upheaval. No? I mean, literally, revolution means things turn around, right? They're yeah. up, right? Meaning who were at top will really go below. But if you look at it, some on top went below, but those who were semi on top or used to be on top just came back. So, I mean, what sense was ETSA really a revolution? Was it an unfinished revolution as the cliche goes? Was it an aborted revolution? Was it a hijacked revolution? Or was it the kind of a new kind of liberal compromise revolution that, that you know, we should just accept on its own terms? I mean... What's going on there? Because if my standards is the Russian or Iranian revolution or Chinese revolution, yeah. it's nothing like those. It's not that I'm a fan of the violence that came with those revolutions, mm. but it's just it doesn't meet that French revolution model, right? So, so what kind? Of, in what sense was it revolution? In what sense it, it was not, or it did not? But, end up, uh... Well, from our vantage point, it is somewhere in between. It was an uprising, a revolt. It has elements of a revolution, but not quite. Because uh, it had no ideological agenda to change the structures of society. What was changed was the political system from an authoritarian system into a more democratic system. But the, the economic, the social, the ideological uh, constructs of society, hindi naman nagbago eh. Diba? And eventually, and eventually, itong mga recidivist elements ng uh, ating society coming from the old elites who were marginalized by the dictatorship and, uh, and the elites of the Marcos dictatorship eventually came back. No? That's why uh, hindi lamang na-delay yung mga more revolutionary reforms na inaasahan mo after a revolt. No? After a revolt kasi kung uh, merong unity in terms of uh, changing the structures of society, then you proceed to a more structural uh, reform agenda. But since there was no unity or there was no uh, uh, unifying alternative, uh, siguro mamaya pag-usapan natin by, parang co comparing dito sa nangyari last election. Unity. There was no unifying uh, uh, agenda. No? Kaya Eventually, hindi natuloy yung mga inaasahan mo sana na aspects of a revolution. 
eventually you became um uh uh nakita mo yung weaknesses of liberal democracy nakita mo yung unfolding of the limits of the liberal democratic system medyo protracted it took you more than 30 years no pero nakikita mo from the start hanggang sa kasalukuyan yung weaknesses ng kawalan ng isang revolutionary agenda or ethos no but in hopefully but, sana but, I want to understand why yeah, yeah sorry wrong for cutting because i want to understand why i think we have no disagreement with your description on that yeah. but why because i think the why is important one explanation we get is civil military relations Corey really didn't control the military she was bogged down by the coups they almost got killed including pinoy who you work with very close and we're going to talk about uh, shortly uh the other argument is you know Corey just didn't have the ideological horizons right perhaps if nino was in power even the machiavellian side of him would realize we need some major structural transformation meaning socio-economic reform hindi lang political and civil liberties reform uh, and then there's the other school of thought would say that you know there was a hijack that the old elite came back took over key institution of the state push aside progressives i mean you could say it's all of the above right but for you what was the decisive factor that explains yung pagkakulang uh, follow-through from a political revolution to a social revolution? Well, the motive forces for the EDS uprising, which were basically people, not elites, uh, failed to consolidate themselves, failed to expand themselves, failed to unite no, on a societal agenda, while all the others, the previous elites, no, was able to, uh, by increments, return into power. No? Una yung mga binanggit mo na coup. There were 11 coup d'etat from 1987 to 89. Then in 91, the Marcoses came back and ran for president. No? Dandin Kohanko and, and Imelda. Which if they joined together as early as 92, they have won. No? And then a pro-Marcos candidate won by a landslide in 98, si Erap. And the rest is history. No, nakita mo naman yung pagbabalik ng mga warlords, ng mga dynasties, no, ng uh, even the 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 Marcos cronies were able to come back. So, so what you were was were was expecting as a revolution really faltered. But the key element was the failure of the what we call in our lingo the motive forces, the forces for change which were basically the motive forces of the EDSA pricing or the EDSA report, no, went home. No, they went home. No, some of them continued the struggle in the mountains, in the hills. Some of them transformed themselves into NGOs. No, very few of them entered government. Very few of them entered government. Very few of them contested power through elections. No, alibaba kami, nakabuulang kami na aming sariling party, 98 na, yung akbayan. Imagine from 86 to 98, no? we were not participating in elections. We were not participating in government. Dapat yun ang ginawa ng mga forces na nagsama-sama sa EDSA. No? Consolidate power uh, outside and inside the structures of uh, government. O yung sinasabi ni Gramsci na war of motion at saka war of position. Inside and outside. No? Pero at that time, hindi pa namin kilala si Gramsci. <laughs> Nakilala namin later. Pero na-realize na namin na, right. na we cannot stay outside. 
we have to struggle inside into war opposition, as well as war of motions with our movements, NGOs outside. But we only discovered that in the late 90s. Yeah. But which which I think is also a reflection of of you know the deficits of Marxist thinking, you no? Know, because Karl Marx dismissed the state as you know the committee for the management of the affairs of the bourgeoisie. So very dismissive uh, towards the state. So along theory of state, uh, on Karl Marx, I'm saying as a political scientist. In fact, uh, many would argue that's why Stalin eventually took over as the standard bearer of communism because he knew how to play the game of bureaucracy and state. In fact, that's the main thesis of. Kotkin does a three-volume legendary uh, biography of of Joseph Stalin. No, now I don't want to get into the, the debates into that, but can you just give us a one o one about uh, what's the difference? Let, let's say for an outsider who has yeah. no idea about the left, what's the difference between Akbayan and Akbayan? I don't know, Akbayan Muna uh, and then yeah. communism. Yeah. Can you just explain in the most non-retagable way as well, much as possible? Just one o one. The dominant, no, the dominant strategy. Yung binabanggit mo kanina, yung dominant left agenda, no, is uh, a strategy of cataclysm. The entire structure of the state should collapse as a monolith before you can start building an alternative monolith, no, to to this uh, bourgeois state. So that was the main strategy. So uh, either you win a revolution totally or not, no. I think that was basically flawed, no? Because uh, power is not that monolithic, no? Uh, power has interstices inside, no? May mga, may mga, may mga spaces where you can build power. Yung nga yung sinasabi ko sa'yo, na Gramscian na strategy of war of motion and war of possession. Ang tawag namin at that time ay creating patches of green, patches of democracy outside and inside which you can use to build power. Eventually, no, uh, uh, transforming power relationships through the state. Pero hindi ka mag-iisip na, oh, either pabagsakin namin totally yung gobyerno or not. The struggle for for government, ay, ayaw kong gamitin yung salitang evolutionary. May ibang ideological connotation yan. At uh, usually yung gumagamit niya, na co-op ng bourgeois state. No? Mas, protracted mas, struggle. Protracted oh, struggle. I don't know if I can put it that. Oh, perhaps that's more ma, yeah. Masang, masang pa namin is to create alternative structures inside and outside. No? Without necessarily taking over the state. Either local power, no? Uh, elements of a national power like the Senate. No? So, not only do you build power, you create experience, skill set. Imagine if the government collapses and you take over, no? Tapos wala kang skill set on how to govern. No? no slogan At, lang. Ang mangyayari sa'yo, either you fail, no? Uh, in your governance, or you become dictatorial, no? To protect yourselves from your mistakes. Kaya yun yung naging, uh, naging direction eh. Nung mga uh, traditional communist movements when they took power with no experience on how to govern. Diba? They created uh, a more statist, a more undemocratic uh, political entity. Or they failed. Diba? Walang in-between. 
That's come in and go operate. Come in from yeah. somewhere else, in between uh, the gray area, not the black and white. No, na hindi uh, kami niniwala dun sa protracted evolution, no, within the state. Pero naniniwala kami of creating alternative structures inside and outside, and then eventually uniting them for a national struggle. No, yun yung uh, yun yung nakikita namin. No. We don't have enough time para i-discuss lahat yan. Dahil yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have it other provides for that. a lot of other issues, a lot of other yeah, questions, yeah. No? which course. I'm very happy to explain. Pero syempre, may limits yung ating uh, 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 podcast ngayon. This is, a, this is a continuous yeah. conversation, of course, Ronald. Yeah. That's like every 48 hours next to Samatay. No, no, no. Yeah. My point is, I also very much appreciate your point on the mobilization deficit. Yung idea na Doon tayo pag moment of ETSA, doon tayo pag elections. In fact, it, it just came back to me the other day. I was reading about civil disobedience no, by Henry David Thoreau. He said, every vote yeah. for the right is doing nothing for it. It is only expressing to men feebly your desire that it should, be, it should prevail. A wise man will not leave the right to the mercy of chance, nor wish it to prevail through the power of the majority. In short, mobilize. do something. Huwag ka lang matuwa dahil matin yung binoto mo last election pero hindi nanalo so wala na akong pake sa politika. Ay, hindi ko nakasalanan. Ginusto niya. I just feel that whining republic mindset never helps, will never help, yeah. never help in the past because when you do that, you leave the field to the essentially predators, right? And 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 I think you've correctly said it that it, it keeps on happening, right? Parang, etsa, everyone is there. And then the day after, ayan na naman, back to business. Elections, everyone comes there. I mean, I can see that because as a social media person, yeah. I can see your views go 1 million during elections and then after election, it goes 10,000, right? Like, you can see <laughs> engagement level. Like, literally, you can see it analytically, di ba? Na nagde-demobilize yeah. ka agad ang tao. Yeah. So it's very temporary, contingent mobilization. But we know that in the history of humanity, no mature democracy came about on its own. All of them, from Sweden to even America, despite all its imperfection, That was constant struggle over and over and over again. So my question to you, Ronald, is since we agree on this mobilization deficit culture, where is this coming from, and how to how do we fix that? Because feeling ko yun yung problema eh. In, napaka limited yung activism natin or sense of citizen duty. Well, uh, I would like to answer your question by discussing three different kinds of experiences. Go ahead, From, from from the progressives, from the left, entering government. No? Alimbawa, yung nangyari ng panahon ni Cory, panahon ni FBR, panahon ni ERAP, no? people from the left joined government no? basically as individuals. No? Uh, to make a long story short, they were co-opted or nakalimutan yung kanilang revolutionary agenda, which is basically to transform structures of society. Nakalimutan na yung, yung kanilang agenda na yun, na structure at pumasok sila dun sa evolutionary uh, reforms no? without a long-term trajectory. Most of them, if not all, were co-opted by the system. No? Uh, yun yung nangyari. Ayoko nang pag-usapan individually sila. No, 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 no. But I think people pero, understand what you're talking Pero uh, uh, in the Cori FBR time, most of them came from the social democratic tradition. Sa ERAP, may mga pumasok na nanggaling sa a more leftist tradition. No? Yun yung nangyari. So that was a different kind of experience. Natingin ko ay 
kailangan matutunan ng lessons no na hindi pwedeng pumasok just as individuals dapat pumasok kayo with a clear agenda of the possibilities of limits entering inside as well as the possibilities and limits of organizing outside and then weaving that into a strategy into a a, a strategy for power no yun yung uh, yun yung and then you have a movement behind you right which gives you kind yeah. of leverage and disciplines you just to make sure you don't get hindi ka you know kainin ng system yes nawala yung kanilang political party or political uh, organization nawala yung kanilang motive force na dapat sana ay uh, yun yung kanilang uh, strength outside and inside yung ikalawa ay yung tipo ng nangyari kay Dibong may mga leftists na pumasok sa gobyerno for very tactical goals on how to strengthen the other strategy which is the arm arm struggle. So pumasok ka sa gobyerno not really being serious of using government as an arena of struggle but using it no to get resources no uh, towards a different kind of struggle. So that's a second kind of a, of a strategy entering into government. And yung ikatlo which we are trying to experiment no uh, papasok ka uh, with no illusions about the limits and possibilities no at uh, learning from the successes as well as the, the, the defeats of the struggle on the local and the national level no uh, this is where Gramsci, right this is this is where Gramsci comes in war of more similar more yeah more Halimbawa, uh, for the first time we were able to elect a socialist governor in a province. It's not a big province. Dinagat, kakabagaw. Diba? So, uh, yun, na, na openly socialist, openly progressive. No? Na-break mo yung glass ceiling sa Senate. Diba? With Risa. For the first time, you have an, ob- na, an overtly socialist uh, politician becoming a senator. And a woman at that. No? So, na-break mo yung kwan. Uh, yung uh, glass ceiling mo sa Senate. No? Uh, some of us entered cabinet. Ako, si Joe Rocamora, no? uh, etc. So, uh, a few of us entered para yun naman yung isang arena. Pero wala kaming illusions. No? Uh, alam namin na ito yung limits. But how do you build on those limits for long-term uh, trajectories? No? Uh, some of them succeeded. Like... Uh, like uh, Kakabagao and uh, Risa Ontiveros, some of them failed, no, because of the limits of the system, no. Nirerred tag kasaloob, inaisolate kasaloob, no. Kina cut down to size ka, dahil you are identified as a leftist. So from those lessons, then you formulate a more effective strategy later on, no. Later on, iba yung Senate, iba yung local, iba rin yung cabinet iba yung yung uh, bureaucracy but harnessing all those lessons no and complementing that with organizing outside perhaps is the element of a more viable strategy for the left for this country no so yun yung tatlong experiences na tingin ko kailangan pagkuhanan ng lesson dahil makakaiba sila right yung isa na co-op yung isa eventually failed because hindi ka seryoso sa governance gamitan no? lang Bet? very tactical and the other is still a work in progress right you know, trying to learn lessons from for lack of a better term a gramshan strategy yeah. 
of war of motion and war of position, outside and inside. And eventually harnessing, no? uh, networking all of that into a more viable quest for national power. Right. I mean, I, I heard a version of that also in the Middle East, for instance, the idea of uh, pressure from below, reform from above, that the two can work yeah. together. So it's a different version of Gramscian. Uh, yeah. Revolution, reform, reformist, revolutionary, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So I, I, we're not alone. No, I, I have seen this in different parts of the world. I'm sure we yeah. can talk about Latin America, which I think is closest to us. That was always yeah. my thesis. You talked about liberation theology. I felt well, that's perfectly Latin America, yeah. right? Uh, we can talk more about that. But I think this is the perfect time to discuss your experience once you entered the cabinet. What were the circumstances that made you the political advisor of Aquino? And uh, let's talk about it. If, if we were to write a biography of Aquino, well, how would how would you ex describe the man, the moment, and his politics? How, how do you how do you describe those things? How did it come about? Well, in the first place, only a Pinoy, no, will get me as part of the cabinet. I doubt if uh, other Why presidents would you say will that? do that. Why would you say uh, that? Because uh, uh, I, I was clearly overtly a socialist, no. And uh, for example, for the military, there's no distinction. No? A socialist is a communist, no? etc. No, some elements of the military and uh, the political elites at the time look suspiciously at me being part of the cabinet. It's just a very small office, no? political advisor, presidential political advisor. No, uh, yun yung, uh, yun yung uh, role ko. Kalawa, my role is one of the most difficult because you are the messenger of bad tidings. You tell the president what he doesn't want to hear. Most cabinet secretaries, ang sasabihin sa presidente, puro positive about their departments, dahil kailangan nilang i-preserve or i-increase yung kanilang budget, no? uh, because these are huge departments. Ako, meron akong small staff, no? At uh, yes, kasama ako sa cabinet meetings. Pero I don't run government. So the president can accept or reject my advice. Most of the time, they were rejected, <laughs> no? Uh, dahil nga uh, being a messenger of bad tidings is not the best job in the cabinet, no? Kasabihin mo sa kanya, honestly, boss, medyo mali yan. Boss, ito yung problema. Boss, ito yung mga kalaban. Likado yan. Sabi nga sa akin ni Pinoy, no? problema sa'yo, Ronald, sasabihan mo ako ng mga problema, araw, eh, uh, kwan, ah, hapon. So hindi ako makakatulog sa gabi. Paano si, si Pinoy, kasama sa personality niya, sineseryoso na ito eh. No? Sineseryoso niya yung sinasabi mo. So usually, pag pinaabot mo sa kanya yung masamang balita o problema, hindi siya makakatulog. No? Uh, very conscientious siya. No, pinag-aaralan talaga niya at saka uh, dinidibdib niya. Unlike a lot of uh, like most politicians, no, yun yung kanyang kwat. Tapos sinitignan niya yung implication, hindi lamang sa kanyang present governance, kundi for the future, no? Uh, it's a different thing dito sa sinasabi ko, pero halimbawa, some of the members of his cabinet gustong gastusen yung mga resources ng gobyerno, halimbawa GOCC, SSS, GSIS, para maging popular. Hindi lamang si Pinoy, kung hindi yung kanyang gobyerno at yung mga tatakbo later. Uh, 
after his term. So, si Pinoy, very conservative. Hindi natin pwedeng ubusin ang pondo ng GSIS. Kailangan mas maging sustainable yan for future presidents, for future governments. Kailangan huwag natin uh, ubusin ang SSS, etc. So, may ganun siyang uh, uh, conservatism. No? Kung kukumpara mo halimbawa kay Digong, ubusin yan. No? <laughs> ubusin yan. No? Uh, taasan, itriple ang sahod ng mga sundalo at polis. Without studying how this will impact our fiscal status. No? Na ngayon, pinoproblema natin. Diba? Yun, yung, yun yung kaibahan, halimbawa, between Pinoy and Digong. No? Si Pinoy, nag-iiwan ng 1 trillion in savings kay Digong. Si Digong, nag-iwan ng uh, uh, almost uh, 13.5 trillion na utang. Yeah, pero may pandemic naman kasi. I mean, yun ang excuse nila. Yes, pero kaya di-deconstruct mo yung pandemic. Hindi ganun karami yung napunta sa sa pandemic dito sa dito sa inutang niya. Ha? Hindi 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 ganun karami, no? Halimbawa, back vaccines. Mali. Marami sa marami sa mga vaccines ay libre, no? Maliban yung galing sa China na overpriced, no? So, ganoon yung 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 inubo kanina, no? <laughs> Yan yung kwan, yung mga mag-expire na mga medicines, no? mga mag-expire na binili, no? na inexpose ni Manny Pacquiao. So, itong uh, kwan, yung mga kwan mo, uh, laptops, overpriced laptops, nangyari yan, no? Yan ba ay dahil sa kwan, sa pandemic? No? So, yun, dapat i-deconstruct natin na yung kasi yung paliwanag lagi nito, hindi may COVID eh. Hindi may pandemic eh. I think that's uh, uh, not, uh, not that true, no? Yung, yeah. uh, yung excuse. Ronald, was there a moment that that uh, we can talk about the shortcomings shortly, but uh, yeah. there moments that impressed ka kay Pinoy? Na, okay, like, this is a singular president we have had. Na parang, this is something special that you felt proud and you felt at least happy that you joined his cabinet. Because I'm sure you also had a lot of misgivings, a lot of worries being part of the cabinet because lahat ng problema, you'll also inherit that. that could Na-impress ako dahil sa changes sa kanya. As a person, as a leader. No? Uh, nung kilala ko siya as a congressman, as a senator, ibang-iba siya when he became president. No? Parang yung nung congress siya at senator siya, he just wants to maintain the Aquino name no? sa political landscape. Nung naging presidente siya, nag-scale up siya in terms of eloquence, in terms of uh, hard work, in terms of uh, 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 learning, no? listening. No? Uh, halos iba siyang tao eh doon sa pagkakakilala ko sa kanya before he became president nag-scale up siya no? ni, ni, ni hindi ko nga iimbitahin niya para magsalita sa mga forum namin eh. then ang tingin ko naman sa kanya hindi naman siya ganun ka-eloquent pero nung naging presidente siya ba? bumaling magsalita no? but that, that's just the tip of the iceberg pero mo uh, yung sinasabi nila noy-noying that was exactly the opposite of Pinoy no? then hindi natutulog yan eh para pag-aralan lahat ng pag-uusapan kinabukasan. At dahil meron siyang photographic memory, hindi niya makakalimutan yung sinabi mo. So hindi mo siya pwedeng bulahin. At ikatlo, napakalinis niya, no? Wala kang wala kang masasabi na 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 corruption na nakita mong nangyari right. under his watch. Perhaps may mga nangyari within the government. Pero yung immediately nakikita mo around him no 
uh, after nine years of Gloria Makapagalaroyo, three years of Erap, eh, makikita mo yung kaibahan. No? Makikita mo yung... Perhaps, uh, looking back, I would have wanted him to be more ruthless, no? more cynical, no? to Good sustain... Good Machiavelli. A little bit. No? To sustain his uh, political agenda. Dahil yung landscape are all uh, eh? rent-seeking, cartels, dynasties, warlords, no? etc. Kailangan durugin mo itong mga elements na ito no? at magsimula ka mag-create ng a new political movement. No? Na it's a war eh. No? And in a war, no, ay dapat may certain level ka ng ruthlessness at saka decisiveness. No? Sabi mo, Machiavelli yan. Hindi ako nagsabi noon. Eh, no? <laughs> yan, good Machiavelli, di ba? <laughs> Machiavelli. <laughs> Ay, I mean, pa, no? uh, Ronald, so you said, malinis, uh, matalino, or at least steps up to the plate, uh, to the moment, to the occasion, uh, con- conscientious, Someone else also comes to my mind, uh, especially when you said, but not as brutal or or, or Machiavellian. As, uh, <laughs> that's Lenny, right? I mean, if you look at Lenny Robredo, right? I mean, she she fits all of that, you know? Malini's progressive, grassroots driven, etc. But if there's one critique you can make of her, is that Hindisha Politico, right? She became a politician who didn't have some of the attributes of a politician. And, and perhaps that's ultimately the explanation why this enabled the other side. I mean, I'm not blaming her. I'm just explaining this because I see some continuity between Pinoy and Lenny, except for me, Lenny is even more of a political outsider and had more grassroots progression. Yes, exactly. That Pinoy. So in a way, she's an improvement on Aquino in terms of progressive credentials, etc. But the ruthlessness is even lower, perhaps, right? I mean, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Lenny naman ngayon because... I I because for me there's a there's a tragic element to Pinoy, uh to, to the Pinoy administration because I know he had great intentions and he did some very good things, but he didn't end on the best notes and it really pro- yes. provided the best opening for Duterte to come in. Um and then Lenny comes in, it's a different kind of political grief that takes over you because I mean I mean every time I put Lenny out there, Totka, no, the one that got away, and you see all of the Hindi na whining, it's a genuine grief that you see among a lot of our kababayan who never supported Liberal Party or even Pinoy, but but they love genuinely Lenny. Ito yung tinatawag ko na pure pink. Ito yung mga bumoto kay Lenny na hindi bumoto dun sa Liberal Party candidates' last elections. There's just something about it, um, uh, Ronald. So I, I want to talk to you about it. What is your reading of Lenny? Were you surprised by her becoming the vice president, beating no less than Marcos Jr.? And then how she navigated the Duterte era and ended up as first runner-up, at least in last year's elections. San yung, where is the good stuff and where is the not so good stuff and what is the lesson from that? Yeah. Siguro by comparison, Richard, baka mas malapit si Lenny kay Cory. No? Bagamat naging congressman siya. Or yun yung branding. Kasi we... No, yeah. Saka know, bagamat nagkaroon siya ng experience as a congressman before, pero talagang uh, wala siya masyadong political experience. No? Si Pinoy kahit papano meron eh. Diba? Uh, he's an Aquino and a Kohanko. So when he was growing okay. up, naoobserbahan niya yung mga power dynamics of this uh, of, of his family. No? Ikalawa, naging kwansya eh. 
naging congressman siya, naging senator siya. So meron siyang mas marami siyang political experience kaysa kay Lady, no? Uh, yun yung uh, siguro kaibahan niya. Kaya in a way baka mas uh, uh, kahit hindi siya prepared to be a president, baka mas may wherewithal siya, no? Uh, to be what he became when he was president, no? Uh, si Lenny was very reluctant, eh, no? Uh, naging congressman siya dahil namatay yung kanyang asawa. Even more diba? reluctant than Pinoy, just to put in the context. Yes, yes. Even more reluctant. No? Tapos nung tumakbo for president, she was too late. Bakit? Dahil ayaw niya eh. No? Naalala ko pa mismo yung pagtakbo niya ng vice president, last minute yun eh. Diba? Ang, ang kinakausap nila for vice president, si Grace Poe eh. Diba? Si Lenny, ang tagal niyang usap sa kanya, ayaw talaga niya. Sincerely, ayaw niya. No? Tapos na naging vice president siya, medyo pinuruhan siya ni Digong eh. No? Our the most popular president in our history, no? Ah, uh, yung pinakabarumbado, pinuruhan si Lenny. To the extent of even harassing her, di ba? Binigyan siya ng portfolio sa cabinet, tinanggal siya. Tapos may mga sexist uh, jokes at saka kwan sa kanya, no? Yung medyo hindi maganda yung sitwasyon ni Lenny. As part of the Digong cabinet and as vice president. Dinemonize siya. And in a way, it took its toll on her. Kaya siguro ayaw din niya tumakbo as president. No? Uh, Meron mga talks for unity. Uh, I think seryoso siya na uh, hindi lang siya dapat yung, yung choice. No? And when he find, she finally decided, it was the filing. It was uh, practically the start of the campaign. Nung nagpasya siya, while halimbawa si Bongbong was preparing much longer. Years! No? At yung pagsama ni, Sarah sa, pagsama ni Sarah sa kanya, hindi lang binigay kay BBM yung Duterte brand, which was the dominant brand at the time, kung hindi yung resources ng isang incumbent, including the commission election. No? So, uh, medyo iba yung... Uh, yung nangyari kay Lenny. Kaya, maunawaan ko bakit ngayon talagang totally ayaw na niya. Except perhaps Naga. No? Except perhaps Naga. Yeah. No? So, yun yung, yun yung kaibahan ni Lenny kay Pinoy. Pinoy was not that reluctant. Bagamat pinag-isipan niya maigi, bagamat hindi rin siya ganun kahanda, no? Nung nag-decide, talagang uh, tuloy-tuloy siya. No? Uh, uh, ako nga, doon campaign, nakasama sa special ops. Eh. No? Nung uh, 20 2009, no? Uh, at siyempre, kalaban mo, the longest serving president since Marcos, si Arroyo, no? So, so ganun, no? Uh, uh, hindi pa natin pinag-uusapan yung weaknesses ng campaign. Too many messages, too cluttered. Habang si Bongbong ay very focused, no? Yun yung, iba pa yun, no? Pero, ito yung kaibahan ni Lenny kay, kay Pinoy. She's not really a politician. That's what you're saying. Or she didn't have. Basically, she didn't yeah. have the preparation. I mean, yeah. for me, because this is a talking dilemma, and obviously, know who's the next person we're going to talk. About. We're going to talk about Risa Antiveros, right? But before mm-hmm. we go to Risa, the thing I say with Lenny is she really has a. She has charisma, right? I mean, this is she's she's mm-hmm. the stateswoman that who doesn't have what a politician should have, but she has a charisma. I mean the. The 15 million plus who voted for her. I mean, my goodness! Now you post something about Lenny, 
she'll get the most engagement online or Twitter, etc. Whether positive or negative, but mostly positive it's in if Twitter. You don't get that with BBM. Like BBM is like so so, right? And 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 with yeah. she's even you know withdrawing from the field to play it safe for 2028. No, so there's just something about Lenny because I think she's she's a symbol of the Philippines that could be. And as someone, a, a friend of us said, you know, if Norway, Thai or New Zealand, she would have been our prime minister, except we're not Norway, New Zealand. That's why I disagree. But but you get what I'm saying? Like, parang, there's almost something magical or fantastical about her that that makes people very attached to her. Uh, but at this, so, yun nga, and don't parin yung 15 million nga. I think that if any moment Lenny comes out and says something about politics, I'm sure the excitement will, is, is going to be very strong. But but my my sense is there was there's no maximization of that either for any Lenny plans in the future or for the opposition in in, in total because 15 million of votes was more than 20 percent of the total votes which is not small in a parliamentary system as we discussed in the past that could put you in a position to take over the prime minister's office right as we saw almost in Thailand as we see in Germany for instance 20 percent plus that that puts you in a you know pole position. But parang for some reason I didn't see mobilization of that pink movement. That that I think it's really a Lenny thing. It's, a, it's really really a Lenny thing. No, but but Lenny seems to be focused on angat buhay for now. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just asking too much. I I sometimes I feel bad. I feel I'm being mean to to people in opposition, etc. By calling out that some of the whininess and and denialism. But but this comes from a place of concerned because I, I know the opposition can do better. And, and I was really glad to hear your views on this. But can you share that to our our audience? Because a lot of our followers, I mean, let's just be honest about it, are uh, what you can call the kahampings. No? These are people who engage politics because of Lenny, not because of Aquino, not because of liberal party. Really, it's Lenny. It's really Lenny that brought them into politics and they're still very interested. Let's go. I mean, you can yeah. say I'm a bit emotional about yes. this. But my mind is going different. There, A part of me wants yeah. to off and a part of me saying like, but she has done so much. She has sacrificed a lot. I mean, you could see that she yeah. went through a lot. Because I saw the picture from Sona 2016. You know? She was this young, fresh, aggressive. Uh, um, and now you can see, you know, she's trying to get the respite and recovery. And I'm glad that Mam Lenny is taking care of herself because I know how hard the six years was for her yeah. uh, during the Duterte era. But Lenny was a lot of things. No? Hindi lang siya isang singular symbol. Una, no? naging siya yung naging successor ng kanyang husband si Jesse Robredo na probably kung hindi namatay could have also been a presidential timber di ba at iba yung pinanggagalingan ni Jesse Robredo dahil hindi siya talaga kasama sa political elites eh. di ba outlier siya eh alam ba siya at naging simbolo niya is chinelas di ba at yung kanyang department ay isa sa biggest department sa gobyerno, DILG. Some might even say, yun yung little president rather than the executive secretary. So, uh, minana ni Lenny yung ganong klaseng mantra. No? Ikalawa, yung, dahil wala namang kandidato yung, uh, yung Aquino, sa kanya napunta yung mga elements ng Aquino. No? Sa kanya napunta. No? Sa, sa kanya... At ikatlo, yung anti-Marcos sentiments ay siya yung naging rallying point. No? No, no, no. Pero panghuli, yung kanyang uh, yung kanyang image na disavowing power no? also became very attractive. Parang 
naging simbolo siya nung hindi uhaw sa kapangyarihan. Eh. Naging simbolo siya nung ayaw sa kapangyarihan for its own sake. Diba? At hindi yan nawala sa maraming kabataan. Yung kanyang 15 million plus votes, that, yan yung boto ni Pinoy when he won. That was almost the vote of Duterte when he won. 16 million votes. So, I agree with you, hindi yan maliit. No? Hindi yan insignificant. Pero mas mahalaga is the quality of that 15 million votes. These are volunteers. Eh. Ito yung mga hindi hinahakot sa mga rally in their hundreds of thousands, even in their millions. No? Yan, yung, yan yung mga kone. Yan yung hindi ka masyadong gagastos. No? Hindi mo sila bibigyan ng pagkain, ng pamasahe, ng allowance, ng mga paraparnalya. No? Yan yung mga dadalhin yung sarili nila at yung kanilang pamilya sa rally. Ito yung essence ng EDSA before, di ba? Yan yung essence eh. Nakakala mo na wala na. After more than 30 exactly. years ng weaknesses ng liberal democratic institution. Nandyan pa pala. Ang problema, Richard, ay after the election, walang attempt to consolidate that. This could have been the new opposition. Ito, itong kanito, 15-16 million votes na basically volunteers, basically young people. No? Sana naglibot sila, no? si Lenny, si Risa, si Bamakino, the campaign manager, para sa isang nationwide Thanksgiving, no? Thanksgiving tour. At the same time, a listening tour. Ano na ngayon? No? Ano na gagawin natin? No? Town hall style, And, no? Town hall style. Yes, town hall na listening tour. Tapos, nagpapasalamat ka dahil sa nangyari, no? sa kanilang voluntarism, etc., etc. Pero looking forward, what is to be done? Diyan naman papasok yung mga katulad natin. No? Pagkatapos, mapukaw nila Lenny, ni Risa, ni Bamakino, then organizers will now follow through. Build a network core groups, no? uh, leaders, new leaders. No? At ito yung dadalhin mo sa midterm. No? Halimbawa, marami dyan, baka pwedeng tumakbong SK or barangay officials, counselors, this October. Kung, nat- kung nangyari yan, ha? and then prepare uh, for a slate sa midterm. No? So, yan yung mga kinulang. No? I'm not sure if it is too late. I doubt it. Hopefully, no? Pero kailangan gawin yesterday, no? Kailangan gawin immediately, no? Yun yung yun yung pwede dahil marami marami diyan sa mga volunteers na yan. Itong 15-16 million voters ay nandiyan sa baba. Disenchanted, angry, bitter. Pero naniniwala pa rin na the Filipino people deserve something more no they're not clear what no walang leader for now no yan yung mga kailangan nating gawin pero the potential remains no i'm not that cynical to think na wala na yan it's still there diba pero some leaders have to scale up to harness them some leaders have to scale up to organize them no yun yung yun yung kwan kaya naniniwala ako, katulad mo, na nandito manggagaling yung pag-asa. 
for the future. Hindi maliit yan, 15, 16 million votes. Mostly volunteers, mostly young people. I don't know, we saw it, right? Dun yeah, yeah. Alice, Pasi, I was, I was surprised. Sabi ko ka Randy ever. David. Randy, ngayon ko lang nakita ito ulit since EDSA. Exactly, no? exactly. Kanya-kanyang gawa ng placards, uh, kanya-kanyang t-shirt, kanya-kanyang costume. Ang daming mga cosplay doon eh. No? Na mga, na mga kwan. So, tapos, hindi umalis for hours. No? Seven, eight, ten hours. Halimbawa, yung last yung sa Makati, that was more than 12 hours. Nung natapos yung programa, ayaw pa umalis ng mga tao. No? Nandun pa sila. So ito yung, ito yung energy na kailangan natin. Ito yung dynamism na dapat natin i-harness. Dito natin ikakal yung new leaders. No? Yung new leaders. Perhaps, hindi pa sila pwede for Senate. Perhaps, hindi pa sila pwede for Congress. Pero baka pwede na sila sa barangay, sa SK, mayor. no, etc. sa municipal mayor, sa mga municipal councilors, provincial board, baka ganung level. No? And if you can create that kind of mass, that kind of network, that kind of motive force, no? then I think the future is ours. Then eventually, exactly, eventually yeah. yung biktima ng disinformation, ng fake news, uh, yung biktima ng mga false promises, no? eventually that will be very open for organizing. No? At itong 15 to 16 million, ang iyong motive force to reach out to this other 15 million. No? Yun nga, Ronald. That's why for me, it became my... Uh, inexplicable mission to call out some of the gatekeepers out there, you know, the, the influencers of supposed opposition who have been spreading toxicity, who have been blaming voters. I mean, I mean the whole nonsense about, ah, kasalanan voters yan. Like, I just feel that's, that's what's holding back the opposition. And if there's one disappointment I have, perhaps I'm being unfair, is that, you know, the kinds of, the type of leaders like Lenny haven't called out these people. There was some attempt by uh, the Robredo daughters during elections but the problem is I saw a lot of the toxicity after elections especially the first six months to a point na bati ako, bati si Vico Soto I mean, lahat kinakancel <laughs> because we didn't buy their version of denialism na lahat yan ginawa lang ng hocus pocus yan it's like isn't that what they tried to do to Lenny? Like, where's the and then you Google trends and all of that clown show. You know what I'm saying? And then and then you know attacking us as parelevant, etc. It's like what what parelevant come in? So we're just trying to help. So I, I just felt there's this group of gatekeepers, bloggers, whatever there who are holding the opposition back because they're spreading negative energy rather than perspective. And this is the perspective. The reason why I didn't give up on the country after elections, I didn't have PTSD. In fact, you could see me. I kept on writing more and more. Is because <laughs> I never forgot the hundreds of thousands I saw from Roas Boulevard to Makati. To, and then I, I saw nothing but opportunities. Like, oh my God, this is the future for the opposition of the Philippines. This is the future for the country. Maraming may gusto. But, but the flock needs shepherds. Maybe not one, but multiple shepherds. And, and speaking of shepherds, well, one of them, was successful in last year's elections, which proves that the election was not totally <laughs> focused. And that's Riza, uh, Riza, uh, Riza Hontiver, <laughs> Riza Araneta. Riza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, like I said, Ronald, I had a lot of fights on Twitter over the past mm -hmm. six months and all because I was really calling out one by one all of these toxic 
anonymous. Eh, bumapatol, bumapatol ka kasi. Patol <laughs> talaga ako kasi, kasi Ronald, napansin ko, no one is calling out these clowns. Eh, ako naman, medyo mayabang. Like, oh, you want to take yeah. me down? Let's go. Thanks for the engagement. Right? So medyo makapalamukha ako. So I took on them. Kasi, kasi mahina sila sa Facebook, YouTube, no? Pero sa Twitter kasi malakas talaga yung mga iba dyan, eh. So I took on them their own platform. Inisa-isa ko silang lahat. And unfortunately, nagkalatin ako. Ay, syempre, tao lang tayo. Nainis lang ako. I said things. But I just felt someone had to be stupid enough like me to do it because sila yung nag-hold back, eh. And, and to be honest, this conversation, uh, Ron, it's not about you and me. It's, I'm just trying to show to the people saan tayo galing when we give these advices. Hindi tayo nagmamaganda. Hindi tayo nagpaparelevant. Uh, at we're not here to stress out Lenny. I, I know Lenny deserves all the respite and all. But she's part of history. So many people love her. Or, or every time you say something about Lenny, there's so much. I have friends in Singapore and other countries who love Lenny. They're not even Pinoy's, right? So there's so much to Lenny that... I'm sorry to say, but Lenny, like, kailangan ka in whatever capacity, right? But in the meantime, you have Riza Hondiveros, right? Uh, someone, you know, we all share a history with you in the Akbayan uh, uh, movement, etc. And she's she's a senator. She's doing very well. We saw that she topped even a survey in Davao Yata. <laughs> uh, yeah. As the best uh, senator out there, um, Rafi Tulfo has a good relationship with her. Coco Pimenta has a good relationship with her. She seems to be navigating the very complex field very well. Uh, we, Of course, we we met recently with Risa. She looks strong. She looks fresh. She looks energized. I don't know. That gives me hope. That makes me happy. She doesn't look like a leftist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... What is what is, what does the story of Riza Hondiveros say also about the hope? Because the title of space is Philippine opposition may pag-asa pa. And for me, absolutely. So let's talk about Riza Hondiveros here uh, na, and the future of opposition. I forgot about the miniseries that I heard last week. What no? said to a miniseries sa Disney no? A crisis is an opportunity which you haven't discovered yet. So this crisis of the left, this crisis of the opposition, Tinko is a good opportunity to reinvent a new political movement. No? Uh, galing sa embers nitong pink wave. Galing sa embers nitong uh, uh, last election. No? Na tingin ko ay marami yung pwedeng tumubo. No? Maraming pwedeng mag-grow dito sa embers na ito dahil hindi na matayo apoy eh embers nga eh <laughs> no so kailangan lang uh, lagyan ng kindling eh para umapoy uli no yun yung yun yung mahalaga at uh, yung mga tipo ni Risa tipo ni Labiko yung pwedeng harbingers nitong bagong political movement na ito eh no uh, tanggapin na natin the old opposition is almost dead di ba Anong naiwan sa Liberal Party? Six congressmen who are divided into three groups. Isang congressman na sa minority na ang tawag ng president ng Liberal Party is Kirol. Dahil ang nagtayo ng minority, yung speaker din. No? Yung presidente ng Liberal Party, si Edsel, ay kasama sa independent minority by himself. Siya lang nag-iisa. No? Tapos yung four of the Liberal Party are member of the majority no? ni Martin Romualdez and most of the Liberal Party 
ay lumipat na ng iba't ibang mga partido, no? Uh, uh, si yung Tigamarikina, no? Ay nasa lakas na. Uh, yung isang uh, leader nasa marami na sa NUP, no? Hindi ko alam kung may pumunta sa NPC. So, nak- nakakalat na 'yan. But they are practically just six. Mas lalong kaunti sa mga LGUs. So, uh, this crisis is an opportunity for other new forces to grow, no? Yun yung mahalaga, no? Uh, uh, for lack of a better example, somebody like Biko, who will be uh, running for his last term as mayor in the midterm. Pero very open na yan sa 2028. Risa will run for something probably higher sa 2028. But he, she's doing good as a senator. Respected siya kahit ng majority sa Senate, kahit ng Senate President. They deal with her. No? Dahil nakikita nila hindi lang siya disente. No? Meron siyang uh, wherewithal Political to be a good action, senator. Political to be a good senator. Uh, diba? Yun yung kwan. Sa mga surveys, not only in Dabao, yung isang survey na nakikita ko na internal pa lang, maganda yung kanyang ratings. Kahit yung mga survey ng administration, hindi siya malayo. She's somewhere in the middle. no? Uh, so, uh, think ko may future si Risa, si Biko, etc. Ang mahalaga ay mag-scale up sila to harness itong pink wave. Which is no longer a wave, but still very significant. Yan yung, uh, yan yung, yung pinabanggit natin kanina, kaal, leaders, no create a narrative no create uh, new visions no uh, etc halimbawa last election uh survive si Risa no by a combination of idealism and pragmatism no? hindi lang siya naiwan dun sa pink she dealt with other local officials not necessarily with the pink no but with concrete projects na sinuportahan niya so, yung combination na yun, uh, ang naging susi sa kanyang victory. No? Dun sa ako. Uh, ano yung pwede niyang gawin? No? Uh, perhaps, kailangan niyang pag-aralan yung electorate. Because usually, the electorate ay hindi sapat na ikaw ay disente. Dapat meron kang X-factor. Diba? Uh, for lack of a better example again, tipo ni Rafi Tulpo. Diba? Meron siyang X-factor eh ng image ng mga tao ay tutulungan sila. Nang tingin ng mga karaniwang tao ipaglalaban sila, no, ng uh, ng uh, barubalan, no? Kahit anong laban paglalaban sila. Isumbong mo kay Tulpo. So yeah. kailangan ng ganung klasing kombinasyon. Kung si Senator Tulpo makakaroon ng platform vision, sa ngayon kasi ang kanyang uh, paborito is land use which is very progressive. No? Land use, yun yung kanyang main linchpin sa kanyang legislative board. Kung madedevelop yan, tingin ko magandang tandem sila ni Risa. No? Si Risa naman, kailangan magkaroon ng konting populism. Not only what people need, but what they want. But tayo kasi sa progressive movement, ang ating uh, ethos is what people need. No? Eh, baka in in the in the at but present feed the kailangan once mo. in a while yeah but you so need to say what they want no uh, yeah. kailangan 
kausapin mo sila based sa kanilang fears, insecurities, no? Uh, even their sins, no? Diyan, diyan lumakas si Erap noon eh, di ba? Uh, ginamit niya yung mga weaknesses ng mga tao, ginawa niyang jokes, di ba? Inincorporate niya sa kanyang narrative. Kaya nakarelate yung tao sa kanya, no? Dahil pati yung kanilang mga kahinaan at, ka- at kasalanan, na- nakikita nila kay Erap. So, ito yung ito yung talagang pan. Itong ito talaga yung masa si Erap. Kahit alam mo na hindi naman siya mahirap, no? Yun yung So, kailangan ng mga tipo nila Risa, nila Biko, no? Etc. Yung ganung klasing fine tuning ng kanilang kwan, no? Dahil okay na sila eh, sa disente na botante. Okay na sila sa intelligent na botante. Pero yung mga tao na kailangan mong makuha in 30 seconds, no? Kailangan diyan ng drama. Kailangan diyan ng peg. Kailangan diyan ng rapture, no? Kailangan diyan ng Rafi Tulpo X Factor. Yan <laughs> yung pa. Not the Robin Padilla singing. Or not the Robin Padilla pagsusuklay ng bigote. No? Yun yung kwan. The, the Rafi Tulpo X Factor. Kailangan uh, mo matutunan. Just on this, no? I mean, I think we can have a separate podcast on... I, I, <laughs> I saw about Vico Soto. I also Mayor Magalong of Baguio. I think he's making more and more waves. I'm yeah. seeing more interest in him. I think another fantastic guy to talk to. He's a good friend of mine. So, and talk yeah. about exactly... Um, so there are a lot. I think we should have a separate podcast on the new stars. Yeah. Like this was really more about the opposition and all. Um, going back to this, what do you say to the whole state of mind that says, "Ah, uh, wala dadayin lang naman yung elections, vote buying lang mangyari yan, wala tayong pag-asa, nakuha na ng trapo lahat." What do you say to that kind of mindset? Can a credibly uh, a, a progressive win the highest offices in this country? We have had in future, in the past, right? I mean, like, how did Lenny or Pinoy become the uh, top officials of the country? Yeah. You know, think ko, where's I, that coming from? I mean, I know where it's coming from. I dapat maging worry tayo eh, dun sa kanyang klaseng mga threats and limits. Pero dapat hindi tayo maging cynical na isusuko na natin. Na aatrasa tayo because nothing will happen. No, Lahat naman yan kasama sa strategy eh. Kahit ano anong panahon ni Pinoy, concern namin yan eh. Dahil incumbent si Arroyo, no? uh, nine years siyang presidente, hawak niya lahat, especially the Comelec, the Garcis of Comelec, diba? hawak niya yan, and huge resources. No? Huge resources hawak niya. Pero, it's a question of strategy. No? Nung lumabas yung Bill Arroyo, no? yung kandidato, which was frontliner before the official campaign. Nag-unravel, gumuho. Noong dati, before the official campaign, parang unstoppable si Villar. Eh. Diba? Uh, small children, in a jingle. The best jingle I've ever heard. Diba? Tapos, huge resources ni Villar, huge resources ni Arroyo, pinagsama mo. How can you defeat that? Kontrolado din ang Comelec, Notorious nun si Garcia, di ba? No, yun yung one. The Garcia kind of a comment. Pero, we won by a huge margin. Di ba? Pero, mahalaga yung volunteers para magagwardya ng boto. Mahalaga yung mga technicians na nauunawaan yung yung computer system ng elections. No? 
Halimbawa, yung sinasabi ngayon nung uh, nila kwan, nila General Rio, no? Nila Temi Rivera. Kumuha tayo ng lessons diyan. No? Lessons diyan. Doon sa kaya uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, no? Yun yung mahalaga, mayroon kang grupo who is preparing for all of this. Ang problema ni Lenny, na buo yung organisasyon in the middle of the campaign. No? Cluttered yung message, no? hindi lean yung structure. No? Okay yung voluntarism, pero kinakailangan mo ng war room. Eh. Kailangan mo ng, ng isang war room no? na lahat ng threat sa campaign ay pag-aaralan at i-overcome. Yun yung kulang dun sa campaign machinery nila. So, all of this with new, ang, ang very basic is how do we harness this this pink wave, this 15, 16 million votes, these volunteers, this army of volunteers. Ito yung kumakatok sa akwa, sa pintuan. Ito yung iyong, for lack of a better term, yung iyong pantapat sa mga trolls. Diba? Ito yan eh. No? If you have half of that, no? if you have uh, 7 million volunteers active on social media, ito yung army of Davids na pwede mong gawin. Pero we have to prepare earlier. No? Kaya halimbawa ngayon, nag-aaway na yung Duterte at Marcos five years before the next election. It's a good opportunity habang nag-aaway sila, nagko-consolidate tayo. No? Pinag-aaralan natin yung system. Pinag-aaralan natin yung messaging. No? Etc. So yun yung kwan no? na, na kailangan natin pag-usapan hindi lang dito sa yung podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for that, Ronald. I think we have yeah. the good just overview. I'm sure we, the details are a whole conversation on its own. But I just felt we need the kind of a seminar on uh, or a manifesto for a new uh, energized, re-energized opposition. And I think to a certain degree, we have provided that. Is there any message, Ronald, you have to folks who are listening and and some of them are like, they don't know what's going to happen to the country, leave or love the Philippines, you know, um, what is your message to, to, to folks? Well, katulad na nangyari sa Thailand, tingin ko yung ating motive force are still the young people. Right. The youth. No? Ito pa rin. You know? Ito yung less cynical. Ito yung more energetic. Ito yung more open to new ideas and new techniques. No? Yan pa rin yung uh, So kinakailangan natin ng mga leaders na i-harness yung potential na yan, no? Right. Uh, katulad ng nangyari doon sa friend natin, si Pita, no? Nag-start siya mag-organize member of parliament 2019, no? Mid-30s siya noon, no? Yeah. Uh, tapos kalaban niya ang king, kalaban niya ang military junta, he won, no? Especially in the capital, Bangkok. He won all the districts except one. He lost by four votes. And this is a political party mostly of young people. Kailangan tingin ko ito yung bagong uh, movement, bagong opposition na dapat bunuin in the next five years. With, uh, hindi siya pinaupo as prime minister. Pero hindi nabawasan yung kanyang victory. No? Sa ngayon, Nagkakagulo yung military, yeah. yung, yung hari ay nagiging unpopular. No? Right. So, perhaps yung, sila, yeah. yung kanyang defeat sa pagiging prime minister ay yung kanyang victory afterwards. No? Dahil 
Thai politics will never be the same again. No? Yun yung yun yung yun yung tunay niyang panalo. Diba? Nagkatalay siya ng isang bagong sitwasyon. Bagong energy, bagong vision, at hindi yan mamamatay sa kanyang pagiging hindi prime minister. No? For now. For now. And, and, and let's not forget, yes. that's the other thing I was always say, perspective is everything. I mean, the kind of challenges the opposition faces in Thailand, no offense sa atin, but ang layo. They have an absolutist monarchy. They have a military that is junta. It takes over government. They have all of this criminalization laws, less majest. You just say something about against the king, you can go 20 years to jail. We have none of that in the Philippines. Yes, things are bad. We have red tagging. We have yeah, yeah. It's true. There are many horrible things happening in our country, but the political space is far better here in the Philippines than I would say than Thailand, than Turkey, than even India or even Indonesia. So I just counter blessing din ako. I always say, as horrible as things may seem, perspective is everything. And I always say, If you want to understand, you know, because I never knew the other at least America, kahit may Trump sila, may ganyan, ganyan. I said like, watch Boardwalk Empire or Gangs <laughs> of New York. The U.S. was worse than us 100 years ago. And tuloy-tuloy yung laban. So the U.S. democracy, whatever imperfection it has, it, it wouldn't have come this far if not for constant mobilization against oppression, against uh, uh, discrimination, against all sorts of uh, things that are holding American democracy back. So, yun nga, which goes back again to what you said kanina. I think We circle back to that mobilization deficit or yung lack of appreciation for constant protracted struggle. Medyo kulang talaga tayo sa political attention span, no? So I think what we're trying to do with this conversation is to keep people interested in politics because that's the first step towards positive contribution uh, to social mobilization and democracy. Democracy is not cheap, precisely because it's not just about voting. It goes way beyond the ballot box. Thank you so much, Ronald, for for joining us, Secretary Ronald Liamas. For your honest, for your sincere, for your very constructive, no, um, understanding and views on on Philippine opposition and the way forward. I I look forward to us having more of these conversations on many aspects of Philippine politics. Uh, where can people find your work or follow you, uh, uh, Donald? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, oh, anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So so you like write for Abante, right? Do you write for Abante? Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I write uh, oh, weekly yeah. columns sa Bante, title ay Yarika. Meron din akong weekly sa Politiscope every Monday morning. John, exactly. Uh, medyo regular din ako kay Christian Esguera. Right. Tapos once in a while sa The Chief, no? Uh, sa tapos sa uh, once in a while sa yung podcast. Exactly. Others, so, no? <laughs> let's have it. Let's, so, let's continue this, Ronald. Yeah. Sa akin naman, hobby eh. Pero uh, it's a good hobby. Halimbawa, one of the blessings, no? Which we have to learn to count. Before, hindi naman tayo masyadong active sa sa media, di ba, Richard? No? Pero these past few years, bigla tayong nandun, no? Uh, nagsasalita, commenting, attacking, intriguing. <laughs> ako, foreign policy talaga ako dahil, di ba? Most oh. of the Philippine scene, hindi naman talaga optimistic eh. Oh. Oh, kaya nga kanina, kaya kwento ko sa inyo yung pan eh. Yung two-hour meeting between Xi Jinping and uh, well, no? uh, Duterte. Meron yung implications beyond the optics. Pero that's in a... Pag-usapan natin sa yes, different... Yes, let's topics. have a separate yeah. one. Uh, Duterte yeah. versus Duterte versus Marcos. Mag- yeah. Yeah, magulong, magulong usapan yan. Sinulat mo yan sa column mo. Sa inquiry. Diba? Yung, impact na, yung impact ng global superpower dynamics dito sa, oh, yeah, sa Philippines. We're at the Sinulat very... Mo yan, nabasa ko sa inyo. 
Exactly. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. I, I think yeah. the Asia one, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ronald, for joining us so again. Secretary Ronald yeah. Liamas, former political advisor to the late President Aquino and longtime activist and one of the country's leading political analysts. Fantastic person. Follow him. Uh, check him out. Look at his works. Support him. We need people like him. We need more <laughs> people like you, uh, Ronald, who don't say, you know, you don't go into denialism and toxicity, but look at who, who know how to count the blessings because there's so much blessings. On that note, uh, see you later, uh, Ronald. Major late na yata tayo for our next <laughs> Salamat. See you. God see bless. You. Bye. -bye. Bye.